What is going on? My name is Taylor, and this podcast is called Who Knows, a podcast that works to answer the simply complicated questions of life and promote a life of self-love, mental health, and creating your own normal. Don't worry, we are just as lost as you are. Hey yo, what is up? Okay, so it's super rainy today and when I went to go do my recording, for some reason I was like, you know, I don't really need to wear like rain boots or anything like that. I was like just super tired and I was like, okay, whatever, let's just go. Well, my shoes got completely soaked in the lake that is the school parking lot and it was really cold and my feet were all wet. But yeah, so now uh, I'm home and recording in my home studio, aka my desk, and it's just nice to be in my little slippers with my my home robe on and all nice and warm after being out in the crazy rain. Um, But I do have a ton of work to do today. So I'm like trying not to freak out about all that. But here we are getting down to it, getting to the who knows, my favorite part of any day, basically. So announcements. We uh, have some mini-sodes that are coming up in the season. And we want you guys to send in some questions uh, that we can answer on the minisodes. Uh, any questions that you have about anything and everything, send them on in. Send them to podcastwhoknows at gmail.com. You can DM us on Instagram. You can send us a Facebook message. Any way that you can get in contact with us, you want to send us a question, please feel free to do so, and we would love to answer them on the upcoming mini-sode. So if you didn't already know, one of the best ways to support our podcast is to review us and rate us on Apple Podcasts or other platforms where you listen to us. So our shout-out this week goes to Andrew T. Shear. Thank you so much for your review. And please take the time, if you can, to send us a review And you will get a shout out on the show. All the things. We're gonna talk about all the things. We have a segment on the show called The Things. Uh, This is where I take a minute to talk about things I might be super into right now, exciting things that have happened, events, accomplishments, stuff like that, or sometimes stuff that uh, might be really difficult for me right now. One of the things that I've been thinking about lately. Um, this was inspired by another podcast that I listened to called Call Your Girlfriend. If you haven't heard of it, check it out. They're awesome. So they had an episode recently called A Woman's Anger with Rebecca Traister. Um, and she, Rebecca Traister, wrote a book called Good and Mad, The Revolutionary Power of Women's Anger. Um, and I haven't read it yet, but I'm super interested in it. And I'm going to pick it up sometime soon. But What is really interesting about this and what's really gotten me thinking is I've been known in my life to be like an angry person and like, you know, I'm loud and, you know, I always put my thoughts out there. Um, That's why I have a podcast, right? Um, But anyway, so I don't know. I just kind of always been like known as like the angry one. I've been told a lot to like calm down and like blah, blah, blah. And you know, for a while I thought that was something that I needed to change about myself. But one of the things that they brought up in this episode was that there is power in women's anger um, because when women get angry, movements happen, revolutions start, and, you know, change happens. And I just really think that, I don't know, it resonated with me a lot and, like, I've been thinking about it. And I've just been trying to, you know, be okay with who I am and, you know, kind of revel in my anger a little bit and be like, okay, I'm going to make a change. And I've been, you know, just kind of feeling that women, that power that I have within me as a woman. Um, And I don't know, I just want to encourage any other women that are known to be angry or, you know, shrill and upset um, to, you know, 
not let that stop you from being who you are and knowing that you have power and strength inside you and it's a good thing. Another thing I've been thinking about lately with school getting really difficult, me writing my thesis and like doing the thesis, the podcast, the shows, the trying to, you know, have time with my family and do my laundry and all of this stuff. This stuff seems to be piling up all the time. I'm doing the best I can to continue to try to be kind to myself, even in the times where I feel really overwhelmed, because it can be really easy to just, you know, feel weighed down by all the stuff that you have going on and to just kind of like want to crawl in a hole a little bit. But I've been trying to, you know, pull myself out of that hole and just, you know, remember that I can do this and that things are going to be okay. And just, you know, taking it one step at a time, making my lists, doing my yoga, doing everything that I need to do in order to set myself up for success and knowing that if things feel kind of overwhelming or I feel like I'm, you know, all over the place that it's okay and that I can still feel good about the work that I'm doing and just being kind to myself. So this week I hung out with Nate Lofton, who I met through Maria. Nate is the technical manager at Aperture Cinema, which is an art house cinema here in Winston-Salem, and he also does some acting. So Nate and I talked about coworker relationships and we, you know, we hit it all. Dating coworkers, friends with coworkers, how to deal with difficult coworkers, uh, how to conduct yourself at work, you know. Uh, we talked about some hilarious coworker stories and just work stories in general and kind of, I guess, ways to put into perspective another side of work-life balance. That's something we talked about last season, but just kind of your relationship with those people that you spend a lot of time with and how to, you know, navigate that in a way that is positive for you internally and also makes your work environment positive because you spend a lot of time there. So here's Nate and I talking about coworker relationships. Um, so let's just get a basis here. What is it that you do? So I'm the technical manager for Aperture Cinema. Okay. So I'm in charge of everything that basically is not a person. Okay. So just keep it running, make sure the building doesn't burn down. Okay. Yeah. And what kind of, uh, there's something special about Aperture that I I think is special about it. So <laughs> it says it's an art house cinema. Can you say, like, can you give an explanation of what that means? I can give you the same story I give everyone that walks in, cool. which is it's Aperture Cinema. We're an independent art house cinema. It means we show independent films, documentaries, Foreign films, all the stuff that doesn't get played at the big box theaters. And then come Oscar season, we usually get a lot of the Oscars because those are independent now. Oh. Most of the time they are. Yeah. Wait, like they become independent because they got an Oscar or or how does that work? It's really just like the big box theaters. Like when you go there, the stuff that they're really pushing is going to be like Marvel films, yeah. action movies, horror movies. Uh -huh. Stuff that will draw in a big crowd where Oscar movies tend to be... It just kind of, it seems like lately they've been done by independent art house um, production companies. Yeah. So you have, like, I mean, pretty much, I feel like you could look at the last, like, five, seven years and all the Best Picture winners have been from an independent studio. Okay. Or, like, Fox Searchlight. They have their own independent production company or their own distribution company. Okay. So they'll pick up a film and distribute it. Got it. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So with that job, how many, on average, like how many people do you have to interact with like on a daily basis? We've got a staff of about 13, 14 people. Uh -huh. um, and just a few of them that I work with on like a day-to-day -day basis, maybe a handful, like three or four. Okay, cool. In your time working there, what have you found makes a good coworker um, in that job or in any job that you've ever been in? I think for me, it's the ability to listen. Okay. Um, not necessarily like, oh, you need to listen to me, what I say goes, but it, it's a back and forth to where yeah. you can listen to each other. Yeah. And, you know, everyone has their own strengths that you can use um, 
where like I might not be so good at one thing, that person might be good at that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, cause I, when I was thinking about this question, um, cause being in theater and what I do is like, you do like something where it's like, okay, like we're all working together to like make sure that the customer is happy to like make sure that this business is running. And like for us, it's like, okay, we don't really have to interact with anybody, but like we have to make sure that like this thing comes together in order to like make this thing happen. And so for me, um, I always felt like like a good coworker, like you said, is somebody that does listen. Mm -hmm. But I think that like having the idea that like when you, okay, we're when we're here, we're working toward like, a common goal. And like, this isn't about you. It's not about me. Like, it's just about like this, like this is bigger than the both of us. And if we can just both come together and like work towards this thing, like on my side, it's like this giant production, but like for you, it's just like, we want to make sure that like this business is running. Mm -hmm. Like what you're talking about with listening and like making sure that everybody is on the same page in order to get toward that goal can be like one of the most important things from where I'm standing. Yeah. No, I agree with that. And it's kind of while you're saying that, it made me think part of my job is behind the scenes uh-huh. where really the majority of my job, to sum it up, it almost feels thankless in a way because uh-huh. I don't know if it's the same for you, like in the production side of yeah. theater to where most of your job is to be unseen. Mm-hmm. You have to pull this stuff off to where basically – Customers, whoever's coming to see this, right. doesn't know that you did something yeah, or that or you like, really exist. Or like if something is going wrong, you have to like make it like, okay, we have to like fix this as soon as possible to like make sure that like nobody knows that anything went wrong or that it was just like as smooth as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that definitely happens yeah. on the end of what I do. For me, the other thing that really does make a good coworker is sometimes like the validation. Let's say people that are coming in to see this product aren't necessarily sure what happens behind the scenes Uh to where if you've had something that it looked like it was a total disaster and then you get it going right, they might, they may have no idea what was going on, but your coworkers do, they see that stress and you at least get some validation. Like, thank God you were here. Like this would have gone to shit if you weren't. Yeah. That's one thing. At the end of the day, I love what I do. And like, maybe like, I like, do you like what you do? I like the technical aspect of it. Yeah. Um, always figuring out like how to make something work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do like what I do. Yeah. And um, I think that even though like we like what we do, at the end of the day, it is still like just a job. Mm-hmm. There's the side where like it's job, but you like what you do. And like I think that sometimes having like people that are enjoyable to work with can make that situation of like it just being a job a lot less like, okay, I'm coming here and then I'm going home and then like that's it. Yeah. Because like that that really sucks when you have to go to a job that you just really, really don't like. No matter what, there has to be that balance of like, okay, that's work and like that's like my life. Yeah. And like that is like that work-life balance is just super important. We have a whole episode about that in season one. Um, and so I think while that is still important, I think that having coworkers that you at least like yeah. and like are able to like, you know, work together with can make a job that is just a job or that feels thankless less like that, which I think is really awesome. Yeah. No, I mean, it's one of those things you end up spending, if it's a 40 hour a week job, you end up spending so much time with these people where right. they become a big portion of your day to day routine right. to where you can't kind of not help including them in your life yeah. where they may know details about what's going on. They may yeah. pick stuff up like, Oh, he's having a bad day. Wonder why. Yeah. Um, maybe staying out of your way, yeah. actually like talking to you, like grabbing lunch. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's kind of interesting how that always happens no matter what the place. There are certain jobs where it isn't a more, I guess for lack of a better word, a more intimate setting mm-hmm. where you're like working with a small group of people and like being able to like, communicate with those people and being able to like talk to those people when you not only when you need to get things done, like obviously getting things done with the job is the most important thing. And like, I feel like in a job, that's the most, that line of communication, like being able to talk about work is like the most important thing. But then like having the added bonus of like also being able to have like, you know, like some sort of like niceties going on at work is all like also makes it a more pleasant experience. Yeah. 
if you're just talking work, it's one of those things it it kind of adds to the stress. Yeah. Um, to where you need that relief of just maybe being stupid. Yeah. <laughs> while you're at work. Yeah. Um, behind the scenes to where maybe, you know, customers aren't seeing it. Yeah. But to where it's just, it's a stress relief. Yeah. Yeah. Because like you said, you are spending a lot of time there. Mm-hmm. And so that having that ability can, can just as a whole make the experience better. Yeah. Do you feel like it is difficult to sometimes be friends with people that you're co-workers with where like where do you draw the line because of the fact that it is work what kinds of things do you have to like keep in mind is it is it difficult for you it can be sometimes it really depends on the person and their personality because I've worked with like a person that has been my best friend for like 10, 15 years now. It's sad. I actually don't know how many years it's been. But just having like a work relationship with someone that you've had an existing friendship with, like you see the kind of mask that they put on to the public yeah. to where when they're talking to people, you just have like this reaction like this is not you. I don't know who this is. Yeah. And then other times if someone has this position at work, they feel they need to have their voice heard uh-huh. to where maybe you have a disagreement with it is where it kind of, it affects that friendship, how you view that person. Yeah. If they've been kind of an ass. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a big thing yeah. that can happen to where like maybe it will cause an argument in that friendship to where no matter what, you can't forget what they said yeah. at work. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's difficult sometimes. I think it really does depend on the person. And there's per, there's people that I absolutely enjoy being around, like at work, outside of work. I mean, I've broken the rule where you don't date your coworkers. <laughs> I do. I dated a coworker, and it's been a great relationship. But at the same time, like it it can't be the same thing at work that it is outside of sure, work. Sure. Yeah, and that that's like a whole like other sect of this conversation. Cause like you do have to like really have that separation. If you're in a relationship with somebody and you work together when you're at, when you're at work, you have to have that separation because you just can't let that get in the way of the work that you're doing. And like there was this one time at a job that I dated a guy. I'm like doing like the air quotes because we like didn't really date. We kind of just like, you know, like, like, did a thing. I don't know how to say that. Um, and that was like, we had to like pretend like nothing was happening at work because it just like, he was in a different position than I was. And like, we didn't really like want anyone to know because we didn't want to like make it a thing at work because it was work. But me having anxiety, I would be like, okay, like, are we like, what's happening? Like, even though we had like talked about it previously, sometimes when you're like, you have somebody that you're close with outside of work and then you go into work and they're like completely different. People with like for me with my anxiety, I would be like, so like, do they hate me now? Like, are, is this weird? Like what, like, what is our, like what's happening? But then like the reality is just like, oh, like we're at work and like, that's just the way that things are when we're at work. But it can be, it can be confusing. I feel like it's a little confusing. No, I mean, I feel like the position that maybe the two people are in, like it definitely creates this tension, even if it's like, let's say the same position to where it's like, do I want these people working together? Do I want to work with this person? Like I'm maybe in a relationship with yeah. because other people are going to see it a yeah. different way. Yeah. Like it's, it's weird. It's, it's walking on eggshells. Yeah. It's just like, it does just feel kind of weird. Like once everybody knows, like everybody's like looking at you mm-hmm. and like people have stuff to say about it. And like, it makes that work life separation, like, like even more blurred than just being like friends with somebody that you're working with because you're like in an intimate relationship with somebody that you're working with. And that becomes like, that's something that you like definitely heavily do outside of work. And you're like with that person and then you're at work and it's like, where's like, where's the separation? Like where, like what's happening? And like, it can be confusing. Like it can be kind of, it can be nice to like be able to see that person Mm -hmm. like, and like makes work more enjoyable. But then you're like, Oh, like, I don't want people to like look at us. And like, I don't want, like, that's how I feel. I'm like, Oh, I don't want, but like, Oh, oh, if you have like a, like a fight outside of work and then you come into work, like it makes 
things like more difficult. There's just there's so many nuances to like that part of it. Like the like the idea of like dating somebody that you're working with. Yeah. And you have to think worst case scenario, like you just said, like a fight, maybe yeah. what if it's it ends up being like a breakup and if it's a bad breakup, oh. how is this going to affect work? Yes. I still might have to see this person like from day to day. Yeah. And are they gonna wanna work with me? Or are they gonna wanna listen to like things that I have to say yeah. if you're in a position above them? Yeah. Um it's just it's weird. Um, yeah. But I mean that even happens, I feel like to get off the relationship yeah, standpoint yeah. with just friendships yes, at work to yes. where because my position is higher up than most of the people that work there yeah. and I do have these friendships with them outside of work. Like we may go out to get a drink, we'll hang uh-huh. out at a at a group setting at yeah, someone yeah. else's house. Is it going to be viewed as me like giving favoritism towards someone yeah. if I'm acting nicer to them at work because maybe they've had a bad day? Yeah. Is it going to be awkward because I had to like tell someone like, hey, you screwed this up. Please yeah. don't do that again. Yeah, like yeah. we have one way of doing things and that's the only way it should be done. Don't yeah. do it that way again. And yeah, sometimes it does affect outside of work. Because your brain just, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but maybe it's everyone. Um, when you have to have that kind of tough conversation with somebody that like outside of work you're like friends with, it's hard to keep that perspective of okay, we're at work right now. That was a work conversation. And like, then when we leave here, like everything is cool. Like, I feel like that becomes increasingly difficult when you have such a tight knit relationship with people that you work with, because it's the separation just becomes more difficult when you develop a stronger relationship with somebody. Yeah. And for me personally, whenever I have to do any type of like reprimanding or just telling someone like you royally screwed this up, I usually tell them like, look, I'm, I have to say this as your boss. Like, yeah. you can't do this. Yeah. And I'll usually offer like to talk as a friend afterwards. Like, listen, if you have anything you want to say, like off the record, on the record, you know, I can do both. Yeah. Like it doesn't just have to be work. You can actually talk to me. That's really awesome that you're like that. And that's like, a, I think that's a super good communication skill to have yeah. when you're at work. And and when and even if you're working with people that you're like not as close with, like having that a sense of like, okay, this is a human being and like this is a person. Like even if it's somebody at work that you don't get along with, just like the baseline reality that like, okay, this is a person mm-hmm. who has feelings. I might not agree with their feelings. I might think that their feelings are a little ridiculous, but like they might feel the same way about me. So like being able to communicate with them in a way that you're like, I'm going to give you the basic human respect that you deserve as a person is I think really important. And like, then it, then it's obviously like on a deeper level when you're friends with that person. But if you're, I think that if you're able to translate the way that you act with a friend at work and like that friend work relationship and like how you would treat them when you're reprimanding them or when you're talking to them about something work related where you're, you're like, okay, you're my friend. So like, we're going to have this conversation in a way that is a work conversation, but like, I'm still like treating you as a friend. Yeah. If you're able to translate that in a way to people that you're not as close with, I feel like that can be really positive for the work environment where you're just, you're, you may be closer with other people, but just having the like, baseline human respect and human compassion with everyone can make a work situation a lot better. Yeah. Now, there was a report I read, and it could be totally false, but I choose to believe that, like, I, I just like what it said. Yeah. To where it was, if you really have this negative interaction with someone, let's say it will be a coworker, because uh-huh. that's the way it was worded in this article, was that a very negative interaction with a coworker, like let's say you're having to reprimand someone and uh-huh. you're really just bearing down on them yeah, and you're kind of just breaking them down. It takes 17 positive interactions with them to oh. gain that trust back. Wow. And that's something that's always stuck in my head. Like I, I want people to want to be able to come to me yeah. with anything they may think like they have questions about the job. I don't want them to be afraid to come talk to me because of this one negative interaction that we had. Sure, yeah. Um, it's the way I really treat it is almost like 
the dad saying, just like, look, I'm not angry. I'm just upset. Yeah. It's just that. Like, I just want you to know, like, I'm, I'm a little let down by yeah. what you did. I'm not yeah. furious. I'm not, like, going to scream or yell at yeah. you. I'm just going to try to give you, like, give you some advice to point you in the right direction. Yeah. And if it comes down to it, like, yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you about what you did that was wrong. Yeah. And we can talk about ways to improve that. If we're speaking in strictly like a management style. Right. Not only do those positive experiences and those positive interactions that you're talking about allow a work environment to just be better, but I think that like that's something that people are able to, to keep with them in order to like put other maybe not so great experiences into perspective to make their other work situations, you know, not as bad, even if they are not great. What's, what's interesting that I'm pulling from this conversation that I hadn't really thought about before this conversation is, and it's crazy that I haven't thought about this because I'm literally working (laughs) all the time, but like how much time you are spending at work, like it, it can be really difficult for that not to become a significant part of your life. And if that's negative, there's no way that it doesn't affect your personal life. Yeah. I'm going to butcher the quote, but it was from the office. I can't remember if it was Andy or Creed, one of those characters said, humans have this innate ability to make wherever they end up their home. Uh huh. I'm yeah. probably butchering the quote, but yeah. it was something to like, it was very similar to that. Yeah. To where it's what I think of. I mean, I've told coworkers before, like if we're very open about what's going on, yeah. we had a coworker who was in like a terrible, terrible car accident. Yeah. And I told coworkers, I was like, look, I want you to be able to talk to me about this. Yeah. Like I've told them, like I, I view you guys as like close friends, and we spend so much time together. Right. Whatever you're feeling, I don't want you to keep it like to yourself. Yeah. If you need a place, like come find me. We'll all go out, grab drinks, talk yeah. about what's going on, just to have this sense of like, you know, I'm not alone yeah. in this. Yeah. Um. So I feel like that's something that's important to have that type of relationship. Yeah with a coworker yeah. that the ability to have that relationship with yeah. a coworker not to feel like oh my god this is just a 9 to 5 i can't wait to get out of here yeah. i need something better yeah um because i think we've all had that type of manager before that anytime you get an email from them you dread what it's going to say yeah exactly like you just don't even want to look at it right. you don't want to see them when you go into work and so i i like to have that feeling that like people can come to me, come to their other coworkers and have yeah. that open dialogue, yeah. even if it is at work. Mm-hmm. I think they're one of the things that can be difficult, uh, that can be difficult about being friends with people at work is you, you have to find that balance yeah. where like, not just a balance of like when you're having to reprimand somebody or you're having to have a difficult work conversation and like being able to separate that emotionally. But also I think realizing that like, okay, like there has to be a balance here where like we're still, we're still working and like we're still trying to get things done. Whereas like when you're outside of work and you're not thinking about that, you can just kind of do whatever you want. And I think that that's something that is, that is a lot easier when you like your job because you want to get those things done and you are lucky enough to be getting them done with people that you like. To touch on what you said, um, you made me think of something is that like, I can't tell you how often I get a chance to actually see my friends outside of work. Yeah. But coworkers I see, I mean, there's a chance you're going to see them five days a week. Right. To where, like, if I'm pissed off with my friend, I can let them have it. Yeah. But coworkers, I, like, you have to have a little bit of restraint because you're going to see this person possibly the very next day. Right. Or you're going to have to spend, like, another seven hours with them. Yeah. If you've gotten into an argument with a coworker. Yeah. And you have to have... I guess this ability to kind of check yourself yeah, and realize what you're saying, how it's going to affect yeah. a working relationship or just a work environment to where, I mean, word gets around yeah. at any workplace of something that was said to someone to yeah. where you may have these negative reactions from other people who weren't even involved in it. Yeah. It becomes like school almost. Yeah. I just thought of that because like when you're saying like when somebody tells somebody, it's like when you're when you're outside of work, if somebody's telling somebody, you can just be like, well, okay, well, screw you guys. I'm going home. Like yeah. I don't want to deal with this. But when you're at work, just like when you're at school, you like 
you have to be at this place. You have to be there yeah. every day, like sometimes every day. And so like when something is going on negatively in that kind of environment, there is just like this, like, I don't know, there's this feeling, I feel it in my body where I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my God, like all these people don't like me. Like, what do they think about me? And like, what's going on? And like, it becomes, again, it just becomes very negative on yourself Yeah. where like, Sometimes it gets to the point where you do have to just be like, this is work and I don't care about this and like this is going to end. But like that sucks. Like having to have that going on is not fun. No. So so in talking about all of this and like these balances that we have to do and like ways of like making work a certain way and then like making home a certain way or like the spending all of your time at mm-hmm. work what can you think of that are some, just some like best practices, just like some, some things that you have figured out along the way that are like, this has really served me in terms of like communicating with somebody at work or making a work environment less just a work environment or like ways of balancing that like friend coworker situation. What are some things that you are like, this has worked for me. And like, this is something that I've taken away from my experiences. For me, it's keeping notes. Okay. Um, I have terrible memory okay. when it comes to stuff like that. Um, so if there was something that was kind of said that had a positive interaction. It's not like I don't have a diary at work. <laughs> I just, I might write something down, like talk to someone about such and such, uh-huh. like showed interest. Yeah. And so it's something I can pull from like further down the line. Yeah. Like the note taking is like the only really concrete evidence of something yeah. I can give you an example for. Other times it's literally just like getting to know someone since it's a movie theater. My first question to kind of gauge what type of character this person is going to be like, what's your favorite movie? Yeah. That's always the go-to. And I tell them like, for me, I'm always going to give a cheat answer, even though it hasn't changed in probably like 10, 12 years now since the movie came out. I always tell them like, look, it's, I don't know if it's my favorite movie of all time, but it's still my favorite movie at the moment. Uh-huh. Um, and I give them my answer, which is in Bruges. Okay. And so I just kind of I gauge how my work relationship is going to be with this person solely based off of their pick for their favorite movie. Uh-huh. Like that's that's the route I take. Okay. To me that like breaking that down and that's just like like immediately like try to establish interest yeah. and like try to get to know this person and like treat them as like a person because I feel like when you, especially when there's somebody new that you're working with and you know, and like you haven't met them before it can like a work environment immediately becomes like a, okay, I have to be this person here today. And like, I have to do this thing. And like, these people are all looking at me. I have to make sure that I'm like a human being that everybody likes and not maybe my own self. Um, I feel like what you're saying where you're just like immediately like, all right, like let's be chill here. Like what's your favorite movie? Like, who are you? Like, what's going on? That instance, again, will be something that somebody remembers and they're like, oh, like somebody like this, like, okay. Like they, they're immediately able to like relax in that situation, um, which I think can be great at work because work is just inherently stressful because, and I have, I don't know, this seems very obvious, but to me, I just like, I live in this dream world where I'm like, (laughs) everything is beautiful. And like, we all really care about what we're doing. But the reality is like, Work is stressful because there's money involved. Yeah. Like it's a company, it's a production, like there's a there's a due date, there's a deadline. Like you want to be making money because we live in a society where that is, you know, the thing. So it becomes really stressful because like you don't want to be the person that like ruins everything. But like if you can establish that sort of like friendship, that work friendship, workship, whatever it mm. is, early on, and like that person is able to relax and Ultimately, they're able to do their job better because they're not feeling like, you know, like stressed out about like every little move that they make in this place that is going to give them money and they don't want to lose that or like, you know, is just like this work, work just becomes this like big giant thing that can be really scary because you just don't want to mess it up because if you mess that up it's like a domino effect and can mess up a lot of other things. Um, That just got really deep off of you just saying like, ask somebody what their favorite (laughs) movie is. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that just treating people at work like they're a human being can be, can be such a big deal. I feel like a lot of times 
in what I do, people get really pissed really quickly and they they kind of just say whatever comes to their mind and mm-hmm. just like go off really yeah. easily because it's like a piece of art, even though we're designers, like we're still yeah. like creating art. Because it's a piece of art, people have a lot of like soul that they put into it and like they can become very protective of their work. And I think that one of the things that it's still very difficult, but just being able to look at that person and be like, they are really upset right now. The things that they're saying and the way that they're acting has absolutely nothing to do with me. And if it does, the way that they're reacting right now, I don't think is the way that like they mean to, it's just Mm. an initial reaction. Being able to just put that into full perspective and move on and like maybe it comes up later and you guys talk about it, like that's great. And then maybe, or maybe it doesn't, maybe that person just doesn't know how to navigate that emotionally. They don't know how to navigate themselves emotionally. They don't know how to navigate themselves at work emotionally. Being able to just know that makes the situation, in my opinion, two ways. It makes it better for you because you can go home and say like, okay, I did the best I could today with that person. Whatever happens after this, like I can't blame myself. Like I did what I could. Maybe you apologized. Maybe you did whatever it is that you felt like you wanted to do in that moment. And then the other thing is just being able to go back in the next day and be like, that person is that person and I'm still going to be able to work with them because like if you hate, like if you hate somebody you work with, it just makes it 10 times more difficult to, to be there. Like I said, like that weird, like feeling where you're like, fuck, like I'm around this person. Like, Oh my God, what's going to happen? Yeah. And especially I, I really think it's awesome that you have these things that you do as a boss to make sure that your, that your coworkers are, comfortable because I have, I have had a lot of bosses where they're just like, they're really difficult. I mean, we've all had that job where you get somewhere and the easiest way I can relate to it is just, it reminds me of the whole argument. Like, do you know who my dad is? What is that? Have you never had that? Or just like, Oh, like, like, like Draco Malfoy, like my father will hear about like that or just the way that they view their position. Like you get a boss. They're like, do you know who I am? It's like, I no, I just, I just started. So why? So you're always going to have that reaction. Like anytime they come in, it's like, Oh, here comes the, like the egotistical, like maniac, the psycho. Just how sometimes someone may not realize like how they're acting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so And I feel true. like if someone's been in that position so long, like that position now defines who they are yeah. at work versus like, no, you're just, you're a person right. who has this specific job title. Right. Like you, this does not define who you are, who you have to be. Right. To where you may see them outside of work and it's like night and day. It's like, wow, yeah. you're actually a pleasant person. Yeah. What the hell happens at yeah, work? Yeah, that's so true. Um, but like for me personally, I know if I'm having a bad day, like I get heated and yeah. it shows in my face. And I know like, okay, I need to like step away like for five, ten minutes. Yeah. Just kind of like de-stress. Right. And then I'll go back yeah. and I'll deal with everything after work. Like I'll. I'll go get a drink. Yeah. I'll go just scream yeah. <laughs> at nothing in my car. Yeah. Um, or scream at traffic, which will be more likely, or just like <laughs> hang out with my dogs. Yeah. <laughs> just like this is, it's it's pointless to carry some of yeah. that frustration at work. That's like, actually it's not gonna a really do good thing to think about. To know that those people are still people is very difficult, but is something that can make that situation a lot easier because because you just want to react you just want to be like this person is a butthead like what is their problem like ah and you just want to be super angry at them and then like you for this is like my favorite it can be oh my god it can be the drama queen in me is like this is the best part is like you can form like this coalition with everybody else at work and we're like we're all gonna hate that person but like that's not right like it's, it feels fun in this in the moment where you're like, oh, we're all bonding over our hatred yeah. of that person. I think it's fair like for people maybe to share some anger that they have towards yes. that person. But yeah, creating like this coalition of employees yes. that hates this one yes. person, particularly for something that they did like 
to you, perhaps. Yeah. It can be kind of unhealthy. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree. Like, I think going back to what we were saying before about having having things that you do outside of work to de-stress, yeah. I love to go home and just scream about people. Uh, there's another podcast that I listened to that kind of turned me on to this idea that like, it is good to get to get things out and talk about things with with every like with your your significant other, your friends, your coworkers. Like if something is going wrong and you're having a difficult time with a coworker, like it is good to have that conversation. But there are other things mm. that are just like a one-off like venting, fleeting thought that like is just like something that maybe you don't really need to like tell that person about it because it's just like you're having you're just having a moment and like that was just like a moment where you were like, oh my God, this person is effing ridiculous. Like I do not understand them. Like sometimes it's better to just go home and just be like, hey, person that I that has nothing to do with my job, I'm going to scream about this for 10 minutes and you're going to just listen to me and like we're just going to like, you know, hate this person for a yeah. second and then waking up the next day and going into work and just being like, okay, that happened. Oh, look, they're better today. Like everything is fine. I think that if stuff like that continues to happen, one of like it is good to talk to your coworkers about that. And I think that this seems kind of childish in a way but I also but I do think that this is kind of important is like trying to talk to this person about that thing just one-on-one and then if that doesn't work bringing in somebody else a third party I think that works in friendships too but like especially in a work environment bringing a third party into a situation can be really really helpful i worked with somebody again it was a school show but like here at school of the arts like things can get really intense yeah and i was put on a show with somebody that i hated and there was like some stuff going on when we were working in the theater and i got really mad and i like screamed at them publicly Mm -hmm. there was like probably like 60 other people in the room and i was just like and I was just really mean because I was because yeah. I was stressed out and like I knew after I did it I was like oh my gosh why did I do that, um, but this was like the twenty fifth time that him and I had like had it out yeah um, because because I have to see him all the time because we have classes together like I have to see this person every day and so it got to a point where we had to bring in my advisor we had to bring in a third party. And now we're great. Like, yeah. I still don't really like him because I just, there's stuff that he does that I don't appreciate. Um, and I'm sure that there's stuff that I do that he doesn't appreciate. But because we, it got so bad and we had, we had that moment where we were like, all right, we need to bring somebody else into this or we're going to like murder each other. Yeah. We had that experience where we brought that, we brought the third party in and we were able to like have like, a, like a neutral person like in on that conversation with us. It has made that relationship with that person like, 10 times better where I'm just like, oh, I'm able to put things in perspective a little bit better. And so I think that that can also be a tool that can be really helpful. It seems childish having to like bring somebody in, but like, I think it can really help. Well, see, the thing is you realize you're at that point where someone else needs to be brought in to help resolve this because otherwise it's just going to be me versus this one person going back and forth. Neither one of us want to yield. So, I mean, I've had experiences before where it was someone above me to where they didn't want to bring in a third person. Mm-hmm. It was like their absolute word is law. Yeah. Like, don't question it. This is what happens. I was like, that, I don't agree with that mm-hmm. because like fundamentally, like what this person was doing was wrong. Yeah. And I was like, no, I think like someone else needs to be brought in mm-hmm. because this is pretty messed up. At least you recognize that. Like mm-hmm. sometimes people don't. Yeah. I feel like at that point, someone's just going to either outright quit get fired or <laughs> just get in a fight. Yeah, cuz it does become that like you versus me situation which is like never something that is fun. Yeah. And like so there's something about bringing that neutral third party in that is like there to just be like, "Hey, remember, this is not a situation that like we need to be freaked out about. Like we or like this is work. Remember? Yeah. Like remember what this is? Like remember what we're doing?" Yeah. The reality of the situation is, is it's never as good as it can be mm-hmm. if there is negativity involved. Yeah, I agree with that. What's your one advice for anybody who's like, if somebody comes to you and they're like, work sucks, I'm having a hard time. Like what if somebody's like, what's your advice? Like what would be the one thing that you would give them? If we're talking um, from a standpoint of them coming to me, my advice to me would be shut up and listen. 
Okay. Um, don't interject like with your own personal stories. Don't be that person that always has to like one up. Like, well, it could be worse. It could be like such and such and such. Mm-hmm. Actually, just listen. A lot of times when people are coming to you to vent, that's literally all they want is someone just to be able to receive that, mm-hmm. um, to be heard. So that's like the best advice I can give is literally just shut up, listen to them. Then after they are done talking, maybe give your advice. Yeah. And just, yeah, I always say mine with like, look, this is just my personal opinion on what you should do. Yeah. Whether you're going to follow it or not is up to you. Yeah. Um, generally, I feel like people don't. Yeah. Whenever they come to you to vent and like ask for advice, they already really know what they're going to do. Yeah. I think it's just more or less them verbally saying what their plan is. Yeah. Yeah. And just like being like a supportive person yeah. to that person. And then I would say like inside of work, like the listening thing really does help too. Yeah. Because some like again, sometimes like you'll have a situation where somebody just has a lot of stuff to say and like they're maybe a little angry about it in the work environment. And Trying to start a back and forth in a situation like that sometimes is not always the best thing to do. Yeah. Like some, like especially in the heat of the moment. Like it, and it, and especially if there are other people around. Yeah. If there are other people around, you don't. You just sit there and you like you're just like okay, like mm-hmm. process and like listen to what they're saying. It can feel. I know for me, it feels really terrible to not like defend myself in that yeah. moment. But like. I would say just listen and then like, like you said, like listen and then find the time outside of that situation to try and make things better with that coworker. Yeah. And remember, it's just work. It can be fun. Exactly. But it's just work. Yeah. And there's so much more to life than wasting your time worrying about everybody being a butthead. Yeah. Do you have any funny coworker stories? Funny coworker stories. So specifically related to the theater. Every theater has a popcorn kettle. Ours was busted. It has like a little rotating arm okay. that keeps the kernels from burning to the ke- bottom of the kettle. Oh, is that what that little thing is? Yeah, inside that's the little there? thing that spins. So ours busted. Like it runs on a gear. The gear was busted. Don't uh-huh. know. Doesn't matter. It just wasn't working. So our fix to that was doing half a batch at a time. We found out like, okay, enough pops in there where it doesn't get stuck and like we can empty it. So we told everyone working that day, like, okay. Poppers busted, just do half batches of popcorn. One employee in particular took that advice as we're only giving people half a bag of popcorn. So someone bought a large popcorn, like when he just got in there, he filled up half of the bag and the customer just looked at it and like handed it back like this isn't full, I paid for a large. And so his reasoning in his mind was to tell the customer, oh, our uh, poppers busted, so we're only doing half bags of popcorn. Even <laughs> though they paid full price for like a gigantic bag oh of popcorn. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. That's again like one of those instances where you're just like, that person just genuinely did not yeah. understand. Yeah, they that just person was checked out. <laughs> did not get what we were talking about. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's too funny. I think the other one I've got, we had a guy who had a habit. So backstory or just description. Aperture has a huge window facing 4th Street. Mm. And it's got a sliding door that every now and then I'll close the sliding door because if I'm behind the counter, I feel like I'm an exhibit at the zoo. Like people are just like walking by and there's those moments of awkward eye contact. You have those every every day. Someone has awkward <laughs> eye contact. But to have it like for six, seven hours yes. straight of people just walking by and having that awkward eye contact, I like to close the door so I'm not on display. Yes. This guy loved people watching to the extent that he would put like his face an inch away from this like eight foot tall glass window and then just stare at people walking by. But it was just like he was a mannequin. He wouldn't blink. He would just follow them as they were walking by. And it was Weird. the creepiest thing ever. I think if anyone I've ever worked with that has murdered someone, it might be that one person. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I That was always my favorite thing when 
uh, when Maria worked there was to just walk by and just look in the window and be like, hello. Yeah. And then I think there was one time, there was one time where I walked by and you were there and I, but it was before I'd met you. Yeah. And I was, I, I do you remember this? I screamed through, the, I was like, I know you, you don't know me, but I know you. <laughs> I do you remember like, that. Yeah. Uh, hello? I do remember that. <laughs> yeah. I think that might've been like when Maria and you like first started like becoming like a thing. And I was yeah. just like, I know you. I do have, it's not really a coworker story, but it's advice for the love of God. If you as a customer go to a theater, know what you're going to see. Don't go oh, in and just yes. say, cause every theater, I can't think of a theater around like Winston or Greensboro that just has one screen that only shows one movie. Don't go in and just say, I need a ticket. And especially don't... I need a ticket. (laughs) Don't go in, buy two tickets, and say, oh, my husband's coming, or my wife's on her way, let her in. Like, I don't know who the hell your husband or wife is. I don't know you. Like, I don't even know your name. You just came in here for the first time in my life I have met you. I don't know what your intimate partner looks like. Oh, my God. That's so... Like, oh, yeah, you know, my wife, my wife. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's really funny. There it is. That's Nate and I talking about coworkers. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope that you got something out of this episode, whether it be better ways to talk to and have positive relationships with your coworkers, or you know, some things to think about when you might be having a difficult time with someone at work or with your job in general, and ways to kind of keep that in perspective and still be kind to yourself. And as always, we encourage you to have conversations like these with people in your life, coworkers, friends, family, anybody. The more conversations like these we have, the less I think we feel so alone trying to navigate these kinds of things. Um, And we are a little bit closer to the people that we care about. If you want to stay up to date with episode releases or see cute pictures of cats, who doesn't want that? Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Who Knows Pod. Uh, we are also on Facebook at Who Knows. We feature cats and other pets on our Instagram story every episode release day. Uh, so if you want to send us a cute picture of your fur baby or feather baby um, or whatever other kinds of things animals have, <laughs> um, uh, you can send those to us over on our Instagram and we will feature your pet on the day that we release new episodes. Um, you can also visit our website at whoknowspod.com. And if you want to send us any questions like the ones for the mini sewed, uh, we can answer those and you should email us at podcast at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram or message us on Facebook. Um, the best way to support us as I've stated is to leave us a review on Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you don't like us, well, fine then. But find somebody who does and tell them to give us a review. Or, you know, go be a butthead somewhere else. I've said butthead a lot today. This episode was hosted by me, Ding, Taylor Dankovich. Edited and produced by Ding, Maria Wortel. Our intro music is by Chris Williams. And our outro music is Links by Softaware. And there it is. Who knows who's out there, but I'm giving you a big, giant, warm hug, and thanks for listening. And tiny horses, and they have a tiny donkey. Wait, what? Yeah. I've never seen the tiny donkey. It's amazing.